Well, Scott, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you on the podcast. It's hard to believe that it's almost been two months since I was on the ground at Myers Park Country Club seeing uh, your team's awesome work in the incredible land. And the first question I have for you is, how special of a spot is the 17th fairway at Myers Park? And what do you remember about the first time you saw it? Well, first of all, let me tell you, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. We had a great time walking around the golf course with you uh, a couple months ago, crew and myself. I really enjoyed it, and thank you so much for your time. Um, That was a neat experience. 17 is obviously, uh, I want to, you know, you might remember that day. I was eager to show you that that specific spot. It's always a great spot to take a photo and and talk. It's honestly my favorite place on the golf course. Um, aside from the fact that it's the prettiest second shot around uh, as far as just golf goes, I find the position of the fairway and the backdrop to our city skyline very peaceful. Late afternoon at the best. It's just a great spot. You know, I, I find myself there when it's you know on a slow day or on a Monday when we're closed. It's just a great spot just to sit and think. <laughs> we love it. Almost everyone in Charlotte knows about Myers Park. It has an incredible reputation in your part of the country, but a lot of our listeners may not be as familiar with it. How would you describe Myers Park Country Club in your own words? Well, it's just a really fun place to work. I mean, I've been here for 14 years, and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed my time here. Um, it's uh, I mean it, it it I mean don't get me wrong, works work, and it, and it feels like work some days, but a lot of times it just doesn't feel like work. I think I have I mean from my perspective, I have one of the most appreciative memberships as a whole. With a wonderful blend of old school and new school, we are constantly evolving and changing, which is a great thing for me. Um, I, you know, I, I, complacency is a killer. We all know that. And it's almost impossible here because we've got so many dynamic and exciting things happening all the time. It's just every, every year there's something new happening here. And, and you know, I, I, I embrace change. I always have. Um, I think it's, it's better than, than, like I said, sort of staying the same. Uh, I tend to get bored pretty easily, and I haven't gotten bored here in 14 years. (laughs) Well, there's not a lot of reason to get bored. It's quite a footprint that your team maintains. Just describe what your team does agronomically on a day-to-day basis. What type of grasses are you working with? How many acres? How many bunkers? That that type of thing. Just take our listeners through the agronomic details of what you and your team do. Well, our entire property, including our clubhouse and tennis grounds, is right around 160 acres. We're pretty landlocked. It's, 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 not a, it's not a gigantic property. We have approximately 100 acres of golf course to maintain, in addition to the landscape requirements from the horticultural side of things. Um, the course is primarily warm-season grasses, with the vast majority being uh, still, still at the Tiffway 419 in our fairways uh, and roughs. Our greens were converted, actually, um, in 2017. We converted from 10 A1A4 creeping bank grass to 50 ultra dwarf Bermuda, and that's been just a a fantastic um, transition uh, for us and our membership. They've loved it. And in addition, we've dabbled with some other varieties of warm season grasses throughout. Uh, We have a driving range grass entirely with latitude 36 Bermuda, and... And we have several tees and collars uh, that have tiff tuff on them. And, and just to make things really interesting, we have quite a few tee tops with uh, Zorro zoysia grass on them. So we, 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 we've experimented with a variety of grasses. Um, and, and what's to say that down the road, you know, next time we, you know, and this could be years down the road, next time we choose to do a, a, any kind of a renovation, uh, just to at least give us a, a, a nice uh, background of what, what grasses might be the next best choice for us uh, moving forward. 
Another element that we've implemented since I've started here um, is the introduction of cool and warm season native grasses. We have about three acres of fine fescues in some shaded areas throughout the course and along the perimeter and have also included another two acres of warm season grasses and the way of little blue stem, uh, more centrally located in strategic areas in the course. As far as bunkers, we had those changed. We did some bunker work uh, in 2017 as well when we converted our greens. And uh, we changed over to the better billy bunker system. Uh, we have 56 bunkers throughout the golf course. And that has been a game changer for us. Uh, we love them. Yeah, I think I realized I was in the transition zone as we were walking around the golf course. And you pointed out the fact that there were warm and cool season native grasses. You don't see that at too many golf courses. And that leads to my next question. How would you describe the growing environment and the, the weather conditions that you face at Myers Park Country Club? Well, it's interesting. Um, being located so close to Center City, we're three miles to the exact south of, of you know, Charlotte, uh, uptown Charlotte. I've always felt that we get some sort of a, a, almost a convection effect tumbling through the grounds here. We tend to green up faster than some of our counterparts that are located farther outside the city. That certainly helps in the spring for us, but, uh, but come summer it can get pretty stifling. <laughs> um, we get good response, however, to cultural work and, and our inputs, um, and it has a lot to do with our location, I feel like. Um, the turf here is generally pretty responsive uh, to the things we do, and, and, and on the back end, what's so great about our location, uh, being close to Center City, I think we tend to go dormant a week or two later than everyone else. Uh, it, it kind of extends our well, our golf. I don't know what our golf season is anymore because it's it's it's, it's you know here lately it's year round and it, I don't think we take a break at all. But uh, the membership and the guests get to enjoy a, you know a, an extra week or two of green grass. I think because of that, uh, just because we're located. I mean, just we're just uh, you know we're just so close to uptown. I think we we benefit from that. If I'm not mistaken, Scott, you've spent your entire career in the transition zone. Uh, a lot of our listeners work in the transition zone. In your mind, what are some keys to, to handling what the weather and the environment throws your way in your part of the country? Oh, boy. Um, I have spent a lot of time in the transition zone. I have one stint, uh, which I'll you know, explain later, but uh, where I was in the cool season uh, area, but... Yeah, just about my whole career has been transition zone. I've just found that you have to be patient sometimes. We tried to force our turf to respond at times when it was just not ready. Turf can be a little bit temperamental, like a temperamental child, and you have to know you have to know the signs. Uh, furthermore, in the transition zone, you really do need to find the right turf for the right areas. I mean, you heard what I, I described, you know, the various different turfs, turf I have everywhere on the golf course, and I, most of it is warm season, although I do have some cool season spots uh, where uh, I just don't want to have mulch or, or bare ground. Uh, if it's a shady area, we, we deal with it. But it's really not a one-size-fits-all uh, approach when, it, when, you, when you're dealing with transition zone maintenance. Uh, we're both privileged and cursed <laughs> with the ability to grow such a wide variety of grasses. One of the truest statements I can make is right when you think you've got everything dialed in, and your maintenance program is set, the transition zone can throw you a curveball that will have you going back to the drawing board. Uh, but in actuality, I suspect that happens to all turf managers, honestly. I mean, it's, it, no matter where they're located. I just I just feel like, and I don't mind this, we're always tweaking things uh, to adjust because of where we're located. 
uh, and we're always trying new things, trying new grasses, trying new products, trying new fertilizers, whatever it may be, trying new equipment. Uh, and I do think the transition zone uh, is the reason we do this. Scott, tell our listeners about your route to Myers Park Country Club, and what did you learn at your stops along the way? Well, I wasn't going to be a superintendent. Uh, I'm a golf course superintendent when I first started, went to college. I went to UNC went to Wilmington, and I uh, was going to major in business management and become an accountant. And uh, thank goodness I did not. Um, I took a job uh, while I was in school working, and I went to work at Landfall in Wilmington. And just fell in love with the profession. Uh, met some great folks there. Um, the late Dale Young um, was the superintendent of the course, of the Nicholas course there, and He's the one that kind of steered my, my direction towards turf management. I guess I did a pretty good job while working there. I seemed very eager and interested in what I was doing there, and uh, it didn't take very long for me to change direction. After that, I ended up moving up to Greenville, North Carolina, uh, just for a change of scenery, um, and took a job at Greenville Country Club uh, working for Bob Young. Um, and while I was there, he was kind enough to let me commute to and from school, I went to Wayne Community College to finish up and get a turf degree. Um, and while I was doing that, I was also, he, he gave me the assistant superintendent's job um, at Greenville Country Club. While we were doing a renovation, we did a renovation there, Landscapes Unlimited and John LaFoy. And so I, I got a, a, a crash course on um, on uh, lots of things while I was going to school and being an assistant and going through a renovation. After that, uh, I, I landed my first superintendent's job at a little course called Birchwood Country Club in Nashville, North Carolina. Uh, that's just outside of Rocky Mount. Um, and that was a great first stop for me. Learned a lot. As a, obviously, I was a, a working superintendent. I mean, I still feel like I'm a working superintendent, but I was, you know, I was definitely re- required to get out there with the crew on all occasions back then. And it was a smaller budget. And, you know, learned a lot from that. And from there, I landed, uh, I moved up to Richmond, Virginia, and took a, the superintendent's job at one of the courses at the Country Club of Virginia, the West Hampton course. And that was, a, that was kind of first foray into, you know, higher-end private clubs, and I enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, we had a, a little bit bigger budget, um, more capabilities, and, and learned a lot. And they were big on education there, and so I got to get, uh, really got to get involved in a lot of uh, local and uh, regional educational and chapter events. And after working there for four years, I moved over to the west side of Virginia into a, um, Patrick County and kind of in the middle of nowhere and worked for a private owner of a 12,000-acre preserve. Basically landed there when it was all forest and um, built helped build um, what is now the Highland Course at Primland. And... Uh, that was what I mentioned earlier, my, my one stop at an all-cool-season all course. Uh, we were grass fairways, bluegrass, uh, bluegrass sort of collars around the fairways with, uh, with the deep. And then we had the deeper up, we had some fine fescues. Um, what a fantastic experience that's what that was. Um, I mean, just a phenomenal place, a beautiful location. Uh, and really, it was that location that kind of uh, helped get me here to Myers Park Country Club. Um, we had, there were some members from Myers Park that had, had come up and played Primland, and I got a call one day from Kamal Sakakini, who was the general manager here at the time, and um, they had an opening, and they called me and invited me to an interview. Um, ironically, my wife and I had uh, 
just been thinking about, you know, that, that year been thinking about, you know, kids are getting to an age where thinking about school age and where we wanted to be. And Charlotte was, was on our list of places we wanted to end up. Um, so the timing was perfect. Kamal called me. We had a great connection. He came down for an interview, and I was fortunate enough to land the job here at Myers Park Country Club. And the rest is history. Things I've learned along the way. Um, I've, I've had the privilege of working for some pretty smart people, I'd like to think, and picked up some pretty solid traits along the way. Um, I'll always give credit to Bob Young at Greenville Country Club as, as my earliest mentor. Uh, he taught me that you, know, that you can only learn so much from a textbook. He was a graduate of NC State University, but while I worked for him in Greenville, in Greenville he had the inherent ability to react and make the right decision and, at just the right time. Because of him now, after so many years in the business, I would say that I've, I've learned a great deal of patience and developed a touch-and-feel approach in turf management. So many of my counterparts, you know, the data-driven approach, decision-making is paramount to, to a successful program. I know that. And I've tried to, tried to you know, take on some of that. I wish I were better at the data-driven approach, but unfortunately, I operate differently. Uh, I'm just I'm a touch and feel guy, and 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 I probably learned that lesson you know way back when with Bob Young. We just pay close attention to the signs and listen to our golfers and make necessary adjustments based on what we see in here. It helps that I have no problem listening to our wonderful staff and amazing core of assistants and our golf course superintendent. And we have a golf course superintendent here, and uh, we just take a collective approach to, to, to decision-making, the, uh, the more input we can collect from the perspectives of our employer, employed experts, the better our programming gets. Scott, I've been to Primlin. Uh, part of Virginia is nothing like Charlotte, North Carolina. What was it like going from the mountains of Virginia to, to one of the, the biggest cities in the southeast? Well, for us, I mean, so, so from a personal standpoint, I mean, we had kids that were getting to be school-age. So, I mean, we were excited about uh, just having having – what we felt better, better opportunity, better school options for the kids. We lived in Mount Airy, North Carolina, which is a very, very small town. Um, and we kind of left kicking and screaming a little bit. The small town life was nice, and you know, everybody knew you. You knew everybody. They, you know, and, and working at Premlin and, and having Premlin be what it was. I mean, everybody kind of knew. Everybody in town knew I worked at Premlin. It was kind of, it was kind of neat. And we had the privilege of bringing friends up there to play and, 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 and stay at the lodge. and It was great. It was, it, was, it was a big change. But coming down to, to Charlotte, moving here, you know, we, just, we, were, we were awarded so many more conveniences and opportunities for our family uh, to grow and, and, and have the things around us uh, that we needed. And then moving from Primland uh, to Myers Park Country Club, I mean, I, I, I miss my days at Primland. I miss working in the mountains. I miss the views. Uh, miss the just the weather on a hot summer like this one right here. You think back to your days at Premlin, and I mean, who, who who wouldn't miss you know highs in the in the mid 80s? Having worked for the Country Club of Virginia, I, I always knew that my goal, my end goal, was to work for a you know a, a, an evolving high end private club, uh, you know, someplace with the resources to do what we what we've been doing for the last 14 years, and I was eager to take that leap, but Obviously, thank Fremlin for the opportunity they gave me. It was, it, was a, it was a remarkable experience working there and getting to work with such a diverse group of people uh, with, a, with a French billionaire owner. And, 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 you know, we had Donald Steele as our architect. And, uh, you know, we had so many different nations represented working there together to, to create such a great place. But um, um, at the end of the day, I, I uh, 
Myers Park Country Club was uh, a, a job I just I couldn't refuse, and, and, and I'm so happy to be here. So, Scott, how is your maintenance operation at Myers Park Country Club evolved in the last 14 years, and what are some things you're doing now that maybe you weren't doing when you, you started your tenure at Myers Park? You know, we haven't changed much in the way we treat our grasses culturally. I mean, we've kind of been doing the same things. I, I um, Really, we've had to make some adjustments based on staffing levels over the years. I would say that member expectations have, have been on the rise. And to our credit, I feel like we've done a pretty good job of meeting most of those expectations. Granted, we're never really hitting 100%. That's not a bad thing. Uh, this keeps everybody engaged and thinking outside the box. The biggest thing is the equipment. The equipment's changed so dramatically, and, and for the good. Uh, we have so much better technology at our disposal and, and with cutting units and capabilities that I wouldn't have imagined we would have had back in 2008. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm really eager to see what the next 15 years hold, uh, to tell you the truth, of what, what we're headed as far as equipment and technology. I, I'm always amazed at what, what else they're coming up with. We'll get into that here in a little bit, but first, uh, tell our listeners about the team you have at Myers Park Country Club. I had a chance to meet a lot of the members on your team. It's qu- quite a group. Uh, who are some of the key people, and how rewarding is it to get to work with some of the people that you get to work with every day? Well, I hope you don't feel I'm taking the easy way on this answer, but uh, I mean, I'll give our entire team credit first here. Um, That's the perfect answer, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I am privileged. I feel very privileged in the fact that I've had extremely low turnover in the past seven to eight years. Um, we've got a great core of 20 or so staff members that show up on time every day ready to work. Uh, we're pretty close to having every staff member capable of performing every key job function we carry out, which makes scheduling daily assignments very easy. They're just they're just good people, and I appreciate every one of them for their hard work and dedication. I mean, they, you know, they, they come to work, and they, they seem happy which makes me feel like we're doing we're doing something right. But, you know, on to our, you know, some of our, our leadership here, you know, our, our golf course superintendent, Jeremy Piles, who you met, and then our assistant superintendent, Bobby Sabor and John Wells. They're incredible. They're awesome. Uh, what I like about this, our, our, this, this group, including myself, is not one of us think alike, and I love it. I never wanted a bunch of clones. We don't want everybody thinking alike. I don't want everybody acting like me and, and, and making the same decisions as me. I want everybody to, to offer their own opinions, and, and sometimes it can get a little, uh, you know, it can get, <laughs> we, we call it the war room. We can sit there and kind of, we're gentlemen about it, but we can argue about directions we want to take, and, I'm, I'm, and, and I like that. I like the fact that we can work independently but also come together when it counts. And best yet, I mean, it, we have some pretty good friendships going on here, uh, and that's just that's amongst all of us. I mean, those guys as well as the crew and staff. We have a good time. We can have good laughs. Um, it, it, it doesn't feel like a high stress environment very often. Scott, I had an opportunity to walk around your maintenance facilities. You have a lot of equipment. What are some equipment advances that have helped you do the job over the last fourteen years? And what are some of your uh, pieces you're integrating into the fleet? As you move forward, obviously, hybrid technology has certainly been one. Uh, we see ourselves likely going to all electric soon, given our noise ordinance. I mean, that, that's something I'm, I've been digging in a little deeper on, even since you've left, is, is trying to find out what is all available that's all electric and what's coming down, what's coming down the line. Um, 
yeah, the noise ordinance here has become it's it's probably one of the most challenging things we have here. Working in we're, we're you know we're residentially zoned, um, so we have to be you know no no noise above. Well, we were told it does decimal level levels don't matter. Um, basically, if they hear us maintaining the golf course, we get a call. <laughs> so we have to sort of operate from an outside or inside out um, maintenance uh, routine each day. So that we're not disturbing people before seven o'clock in the morning. So obviously, electric electric you know technology would be key for us in order to get some of those perimeter areas taken care of before seven. Uh, with the demands of golf getting higher and so many people playing, I mean, being able to get out here earlier and get the job done in in, in a reasonable order and fashion would be the best. So. Those are things I'm interested in. Those are things we've kind of uh, we 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 we've dabbled. We have some hybrid technology already uh, with electric reels and whatnot. Uh, some of the adjustables, like frequency of cut and blade counts, have allowed us to finally tune our turf even better. So those things we've 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 already purchased and used and, and enjoy. Top dresser technology has allowed us to add precision amounts of sand. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've got the, the best of those at this point now, and uh, we look forward to diving into the GPS technology. I didn't do it last time because I just wasn't quite, I'll just say it, I wasn't quite trusting enough. I, I generally like to give equipment and technology a little time so I can learn more about what end user experience is before I jump in. That's just me. <laughs> With the one exception being uh, our Greensmaster, the E-Triflex, the 3360s, um, we had the whole team from Toro show up, and then we did a demo and talked about it. And that's probably the first first time I've I've, I've jumped on a mower uh, that was that new. It was that new to their fleet, uh, and uh, been a great thing. Scott, you're an excellent communicator. What are some keys that you can give to superintendents who are trying to sell new equipment to their board or membership? What are some tactics uh, that have worked for you over the years at your various stops? I, I like to show them what it can do. I mean, I, I, it's, it's um, first of all, when, when you have when you have a certain piece of equipment that's not quite doing the job for you and you have a new piece of equipment you want to get and you, you're trying to sort of show them, um, prove to them why this this is, this this particular piece would better fit your fleet. I mean, it's um, video, evidence, uh, and, and furthermore, just inviting them out. Um, I've had great success with being able to put together, um, you know, before and after pictures. We, we, we talk about, you know, what the challenges are with our current pieces of equipment. We talk about what the advantages are to the new pieces of equipment. Uh, and obviously we have to break it down, maybe even further down the line, is what kind of money savings we could, we could, we could you know, see over the next two to five years uh, and what sort of conditional you know, conditions we can see how, you know, how, how will this improve our, our ability to do our job uh, both from both from an efficiency standpoint as well as uh, end you know the, the, the conditional standpoint as far as how they will how you know, how will they enjoy the golf course uh, you know how, how much better will the golf course be uh, for me it's just a wholesale approach and I, I take that approach with every single thing that I ask for. In our capital requests, uh, every time I've got, it doesn't matter how big or small it is. It's comparing what we have to what we want, um, and explaining to them why what we need or what we want or what we're asking for is going to be so much better, not only for us but for them. Um, 
I think that's important for them to know is how will this help them enjoy their experience. And, and that, that alone, I think, um, has probably <laughs> earned me more approval than, 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 you know, me telling them how much it's going to help me. Uh, again, I told you I have a really great membership. They're good. They, they like to see us getting the tools we need to do the best job we can. And many of them do think about us. They do think about, you know, well, gosh, if Scott and his crew can, can uh, if, this is the easy, if this makes things easier for him and his crew and, and, and they can, uh, you know, uh, why not? It's, uh, they, 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 they do think of us a lot. You brought up a great point earlier. I, I think all of us feel like this in our jobs is that you'll never quite be at a 100%. And if you do get to 100%, that's probably the, the day you really have to reconsider things. But over the next three to five years, how do you see op- your operation evolving? And what are some things you have planned for to maybe get closer to that 100%? I'd like to see our staff numbers climb a bit. Uh, I, I think we have to. Uh, the, membership's, the membership's growing. We still have the same amount of members, but the, the interest in golf is growing. The round count is, is up. And I don't know how long that's going to keep going. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it dwindling anytime soon. And this, this year we're going to have just as many rounds as last year. And, and even if it shrinks a little bit, it's going to be higher than it was three years ago. But we're still, we've still got the same staff numbers uh, that we had two years ago. So, I mean, I'd like to see our staff numbers climb a bit more. Um, you know, I, I'm glad we were able to provide an outlet for folks during this pandemic. And, and obviously, we're, you know, this is what we do. I mean, we're, we're service-oriented. We're providing a product and then our members are enjoying the product uh but with more play than ever comes more demands and higher expectations and we have greater wear and tear on the golf course because we're just flat out we're just busy the evolution for us means more staff to stay ahead of play and the expectation securing the best equipment that will do the best uh do the job most efficiently and in in our case quietly and then better communication with our members and guests on etiquette and course care so they can I know it's tough for our listeners to visualize it, but you keep mentioning you need to be quiet. I mean, Myers Park is smack dab in the middle of a, a neighborhood. So anyway, last thing here, Scott, you know, you're, you're in this cool neighborhood. You're near downtown Charlotte. Uh, you have this amazing green space that's amazingly maintain how cool is it to wake up every day and get to work where you work and do what you do how much do you enjoy it all the day when i wake up and 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 and, and i'm not looking forward to coming to work um and that that's the day where it's time to maybe make a change and then it has that has not happened to me um you know i i still enjoy coming into myers park country club um I, like I said earlier, we're, we're a dynamic place with, with lots of changes, um, uh, lots of new faces every day. Um, we're um, constantly evolving. It, it's just a great place of interest, and Charlotte's a great place to live. My wife and I, one of these days, would eventually, down the road, kids out, you know, kids out of high school, maybe in college, would love to end up the coast, but uh, this place has been very good to me, and I... I, I you know, I can't think of a better place to call home for the last 14 years. I mean, I, I have a hard time expressing you know, the coolness, the coolness factor, other than you know, its location is is uh, is key. Uh, I mean, 
the drive here from my home to here is, is, is a pretty drive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just the people. It's just the, the people and, and, and the, the membership and, and the, the customers and the guests and the staff. Um, everybody seems happy all the time. Um, I've got a great relationship with, with a lot of my coworkers, fellow managers, staff all the way around, and, and, again, the membership. Uh, I just think we're kind of on a, a launching platform uh, constantly. I think we're always looking to evolve and, and evolve better. It's an exciting place, a very dynamic, dynamic place. And it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm excited for for what's to come. Uh, you know, I get like there's your cool factor. It's just um, it's just there's there's always something wonderful and exciting happening here at Marshmore Country Club. Well, Scott, it was awesome getting a chance to catch up with you again. Big thanks to you and the team for hosting an amazing tour a few months ago, and best of luck with the rest of your your summer, and hopefully the summer. Maybe temperatures end soon. I know it's really hot in Charlotte, but thanks again for all, all the time and everything you've done for us. Well, thank you, Guy. I appreciate the time and appreciate all you do. Um, it's, uh, it's been a real privilege to, again, walk around with you a couple of, couple of months ago, and, and thank you so much for having me on, on this uh, podcast. Uh, it's my first one, by the way, so <laughs> hopefully I've, 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 I've done well on my on my first attempt here you did well the host not so much sometimes <laughs> you did great you make it, you make, hey, guy, I've, I've told other folks already you make it very easy and very comforting so thank you for that <laughs> well thanks and we'll see you in a, a few months down at myrtle beach sounds great i am looking forward to that it's been too long we, we we need we need to all get together for sure everybody needs that <laughs>